Fanfic Writers Craft is a podcast that discusses all things fanfiction with a focus on the art and science of writing for the enjoyment of fan communities. My name is Joe, aka Bubbly Sound, and I'll be your host for the next hour or so. My co-host, Alani, is not here today, but I am joined by another wonderful guest who goes by the name of Celeste Magnolia Online. In this episode, we talk about smuts, a thick genre in and of itself, generally encompassing what is known to the rest of the world as erotica, smut is an integral part of fanfiction writing and culture online. We discuss the purpose of smut, the different kinds of smut, and the appeal it can have for some of us who don't necessarily relate to the mainstream pornography. We also discuss the ethics of writing consent, the difference between writing sex and writing smut, and the level of detail required to write good smutty scenes. Obviously, this episode will contain explicit chats, so beware. Also, please note that Celeste and I generally write smut in the context of straight relationships, which is what we mostly discuss in the episode. If you are a writer of LGBTQ relationships and would like to come on the podcast, feel free to hit our ask box on Tumblr or contact me through DMs. I would love to have those conversations as well. But for now, buckle up, get yourself a nice cup of tea, and welcome to the Fanfic Writers Craft. Fanfic Writers Craft. This is Joe. I hope you're all doing well. This is our first episode of the year, so Happy New Year to everyone listening. Um, as you've probably heard in the introduction, Lani is not here today, but I'm joined by another fantastic guest uh, who goes by the name of Celeste Magnolia Online. So Celeste, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself and let me know who you are, what you write and everything? Sure, but it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Huge fan of the podcast. Uh, so I'm a relatively new Harry Potter fanfic writer. Um, I started writing in my adulthood at almost age 30. Yeah, I, I never even read fanfic before I was 29 years old. So I'm really new to it still, and I'm still finding things out. But I started with uh, Harry Potter because I did a reread of the books when uh, that, that summer of 21 and fell in love with Rimadora all over again. And that's overwhelmingly what I write, but I've dabbled in lots of other ships, um, and I write a decent amount of Gen 1 shots. Uh, but I started with the smut relatively quickly. I'm surprised I did that so soon, now that I've seen how others uh, write, I suppose. Yeah, that's so cool. And so did you have any, like, inclination that you liked to write before? Because I'm just like, it's wild to me. As I've said on the podcast before, you know, I've been writing since I was like a teenager, even like younger than that. I think I was 12 or 13 when I started writing. And so I wonder what makes you kind of pick up your pen and suddenly at the age of 30 be like, I want to write and specifically fan fiction. So by training, I'm an academic. Mm-hmm. And so normally I write nonfiction. Uh, what did it for fiction for me was um, I really liked Remus and Tonks and I wanted to see more about them in the world. And I didn't really know that fan fiction was that much of a thing. I had a very mm-hmm. narrow, point, narrow, I suppose, uh, idea of it. And I saw a couple of short things online and decided, well, I can't find any long stories, so I should just write one myself. And I was so foolish. I didn't even bother looking at ASP or fanfiction.net. 
um, just going in completely blind, I suppose. And so I wrote about 80,000 words of my first book, mm-hmm. Collide, before I found Long Fix. And th- yeah, I wrote, I wrote all of that and I had it all in a Word doc. I hadn't even put it up on anything. Wow. Um, but I got an invite to AO3 around the end of August, and that's when I started posting, of 21 letters. And I took a break because I didn't think anyone was reading it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I put up what I had and started reading other long fix. And then I got a comment out of the blue on one of my fix saying, I hope you keep updating this. And I thought, someone's actually reading this. That's why. So I kept going. And then I've written a truly heinous amount of words uh, since then. <laughs> Uh, shamelessly. Uh, so that's, uh, yeah, that, that's what did it. I just, I had this thing in my brain that wouldn't leave. I had to write down. That is so cool. I'm, I'm really, I'm really in awe of like people who kind of pick it up later on. Cause I, I mean, I started so early. It's like, I didn't have a choice almost, but now it's like hearing all these people being like, oh yeah, I started late and I had all this discovery and stuff. I think that's so cool. So anyway, today uh, Celeste and I are going to be discussing a topic that was actually suggested to us by an ask on Tumblr, which is, as you've probably guessed from the title of this episode, smut, otherwise known as erotica and sexual content in fan fiction. I think this is a topic that is generally on everybody's mind when they think or talk about fan fiction. It's this really mainstream idea of what fan fiction is, probably because of Fifty Shades of Grey, unfortunately, and the way that it was kind of marketed as this fan fiction uh, kind of trope. And I think, you know, it's whilst we've spent a lot of time on the podcast highlighting the fact that fan fiction is not just smut and that there's a lot of people writing a lot of amazing things that aren't smut there's also a lot of people writing amazing things that are smut and I think uh, it's a great topic to talk about and it's something that I really wanted to discuss so thank you so much Celeste again for volunteering and joining me on this discussion Um, so the first question that I think we can start looking at today is how do we define smut because obviously there's a lot of subgenres within smut you know there's plot what plot there's sex as it appears as part of a longer story there's uh shorter stories etc so i was wondering celeste what's your kind of definition of smut and what do you see in it so in my writing how i use it is it's explicit sexual acts or writing sex in explicit details. Mm. I don't, I, I, I find it really difficult to write PWP or porn without plot. Mm-hmm. Me, smut has a purpose, um, but I have a lot of thoughts on that. Usually it's within the context of larger story or it's showing a piece about a relationship that I think is important to be shown. Yeah. So for me, it's, very much has a purpose, at least in the way that I write it. I'm the same. Um, I've never really dabbled into uh, plot what plot, although I think it's an interesting... It's, it's an interesting exercise and I think, um, you know, trying to just write smart, uh, must be really challenging and I do not, you know, like, I think, I think that's great for the people who are capable of doing that. But I think for me, it is also mostly explicit content within a story that I'm writing and, you know, it's, it's to denote a plot point or, or something about the characters or something like that. So I think we do have similar approaches, although, you know, there is a whole other category of people who do only explicit content so I think it it does depend on what your goal is and obviously both are very valid as far as I'm concerned 
So do we think, you know, this was one of the questions that we got through the Anon that we got on Tumblr is what is kind of like the purpose of smart and is it just that you know we're writing porn because we want other people to be horny or or is it or you know how how do you define that in terms of the purpose how do you decide that you know you're gonna write sex and this is the reason why you're gonna write sex and do you try and make that into something that would resemble porn or or you know kind of make someone else horny for instance or is it it do you write with that purpose in mind or do you write with something else in mind typically for me i don't write with horniness in mind but curiously enough i usually do it to advance the plot character development or relationships and that's partly because of the way that I've, I've used it in my own life. This might be too much information, but my marriage has done really, really well since I started reading and writing smart. It's it's really benefited my marriage. So my spouse is very supportive of this. Nothing reads it too. It's honestly quite funny. Yeah, it's, but it's benefited me because I don't know whether it's because of my physiology or maybe my background with sex in general, but um, it's something that helps me kind of explore this area that makes me feel vulnerable at times, that makes me feel nervous at times, and sort of takes that out of the context, um, or at least soothes it a little bit. And by putting it in context of these stories where I have an emotional connection to the characters, to the story, to the plot, it really moves it forward for me in sort of what I think is a healthy way. So for me, it's it makes you feel something, and it tells you about a relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that I most enjoy about reading and writing smart is that it's a really safe avenue to explore my own sexuality of things I want to try. And I think it's good to explore this side of life without the use of visual pornography, at least for me. I find that the visual porn industry to be rife with a lot of ethical problems, including its production, largely through the male gaze. Real bodies don't look like porn bodies. Real relations mm-hmm. don't look like porn relationships. And I like that smart can explore what real bodies look like, feel like, or how sex plays a role in a relationship without engaging the mainstream. The best analogy I have for it is a little bit like thinking about the diamond industry. So you can think about like uh, the so-called blood diamonds that are made with people, you know, children potentially being exploited and people losing their limbs. Or you can have a lab-made diamond that is made by a dweeb in a lab, but is the it's the same carbon molecules arranged in a particular way, but it's just made by a dweeb. Uh, rather than being mined from the earth. And I think in terms of maybe what the product is that we're trying to get, it's similar, but the way that it's produced is different. And for me, that makes me feel better, I suppose, in one way. And yeah. I feel better both in terms of reading it and writing it mm-hmm. and what I'm putting out to the world. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you is, do you, do you have a difference between the way you experience smut when you're writing it and when you're reading it? Is that is that Does that come from the same place? Or do you feel like reading it is a different experience and, and what you're looking for might be different from what you write? So reading it is more of an exploratory thing um, where I've gone into mm-hmm. different stories and taken a look at what are they doing with each other? Is, is, am I, what kind of reaction am I having as a result of it? Is it something that I think, oh, this is great, or this is something I would never want to try? And that gives a good gauge because, again, you know, my sex education is effectively non-existent, and visual porn doesn't do it for me for because of some of the ethical problems, among other things. And so when I read it, 
it gives me an idea of, do I like this? Do I, don't, do I not like this? If so, why do I like it? Maybe do I want to try that, actually, or not? And then when I write it, it's more of a reflection of, what do I think this would feel like? Uh, but it's a more technical sort of backing away when I'm writing it. It's a little bit like writing an action scene mm-hmm. where I'm sort of in it in my head, but at the same time, I'm still an observer. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I think I think for me, I'm the same in terms of, you know, writing sex with a point. As I said before, I, I've, I've never written anything that was like just straight up porn. And I do think I also, you know, just use it to reveal stuff about a character and stuff. But I think for me, the point of it is as a writer it's very limited to the story so I don't think it's for me any kind of exploration of like my own feelings or my own anything you know um but it's more a way to understand and to you know move the story forward I think reading it is different reading it I'm more you know I'm more passive in a way so I'm more like receiving the thing and so this will be more when I'll like kind of think about myself as well and and have that sort of exploration thing you're talking about so I think it's really interesting but I also wanted to comment on what you said about like the difference between uh, smut in fan fiction and probably the reason why a lot of people and particularly women but not only kind of gravitate towards it versus the traditional porn industry because I know for me like for years and years and years I always thought of myself as like not a porn person like I was always like you know when people would be discussing porn or whatever I would always be like yeah no visual porn just doesn't do it for me I like I don't get it but then it took me years to like realize that I'd been reading smut and enjoying it for years on fanfiction um but not really thinking of it as porn and not really thinking of it as much as much um so I think that's kind of interesting but it's interesting what you're saying about you know the, the difference between the porn industry and and the reason and and the reasoning behind it and the exploitation and everything versus fan fiction which a lot of people gravitate towards do you think there's like any specific re- do you think it's just like people not finding themselves in the mainstream industry and so they gravitate towards fan fiction do you think that's what it is i think that's certainly part of it um obviously we know that in fan fiction there's a greater amount of diversity for you know the queer characters Uh, types of relationships that you don't find in the mainstream industry Um, I think because you can have better physical descriptions you can have space for different diverse sizes of bodies uh, different features on bodies like body hair Uh, you don't really see that in mainstream um, in mainstream form but you can talk about body hair Uh, you know my my one of my very favorite characters is Tonks who is a metamorph magus so she can change her hair color and I really enjoy discussing that her hair color is changing and having different effects based on how she's having sex like oh wow yeah and, and I think that's both a reflection of who she is as a character but also she has, I like thinking of you know she has a body body that is yeah. super clean shaven that she is an aura she's got she's got things to do so no she's not busy shaving herself <laughs> <laughs> And having having those sort of real details um, can give us a little bit more normality to what the average body looks like, which is to say, 
there is no such thing as the average body. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Sort of um, to accept what makes us different and to appreciate it. But that's it's actually um, so one of the reasons that I write like male, female, or hat smut in particular is um, well, not only because it's my OTP. <laughs> I like being able to describe both bodies. Uh, one of my favorite things is to write sex from Greens' perspective or uh, just because I can have him sort of celebrate the female body and in terms of how beautiful it is and how 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 good it is in its um, imperfections. And that's not something that you get from the mainstream industry. Yeah, I agree. And I definitely think that, you know, there's a lot of people who gravitate towards fan fiction to kind of explore both either their own sexuality or, you know, sexuality in, like, the broader kind of sense of the world because there is not that in in the mainstream. Like, that doesn't exist. And I think, you know, obviously fandom is a very sort of liberal space. And even, you know, in the early... In the mid-2000s when I started writing, I think fandom was a space that was way more open than general society. Uh, You know, like, the mid-2000s, were you know they were what what they were in terms of body positivity and whatever and I think fandom and fan fiction in particular were those spaces where you could have those conversations and where people were happy to kind of discuss that and be a bit more open about things so I definitely think that it's become kind of a safe space for marginalized groups and sexual identities to kind of have content that you know, caters to them and that is written by them and 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 by people who want to write this and want to read this. And I think that's a great thing, to be honest, which is why I always get a bit annoyed when people are like, oh yeah, fan fiction is just like smut written by like middle-aged cat ladies <laughs> who can't, who don't, who, who, you know, can't get a man or whatever, because it's such a hurtful cliche. And the thing is like, what is wrong? Even if it is just porn, which it isn't, but even if it was just porn what is wrong with it what is wrong with just being able to explore porn and 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 letting people enjoy that for themselves in a in a community that is much more open and much more free than uh than the mainstream media right right exactly and again as i said earlier you know my marriage has benefited from it i'm not a single sad cat lady uh, I, I mean, I have cats, but, uh, <laughs> and I wouldn't call myself think, uh, sad in the least bit either, but it's benefited my marriage and the way that I feel about my own body. And I think those are really positive things that, uh, I had not anticipated at all when I got into both reading and writing fan fiction. Yeah, no, that's great. That's honestly great to hear. Like, I hope that this is the case for other people as well. I definitely can tell that my own sex ed is mostly, was mostly done by fanfic, if I'm honest, (laughs) because school did not teach me as much as fanfic taught me. And of course, it's idealized. Of course, it's fiction and all that stuff. And I'm not saying, you know, fanfic is and should be your only sex ed. But I think, I think it was a much better experience for me as a teenager to read smut than to watch horrible porn that is not ethically made right so there was there's a kind of thing that i was thinking about when preparing for this podcast which is and we've kind of touched on that a little bit but do you think there's a difference between the experience that 
you or I or people who write explicit content as part of a larger fic versus plot what point plot. Do you think there's a difference between writing sex, like the act of writing sex, or writing smut and porn, which is supposed to be a little bit more of an erotica kind of experience? I think there is a difference. Um, I think for those who are probably a little bit more like us who write it within uh, either a longer fic, although I do have some one-shots that were written, uh, I suppose, as little explorations that I had of my own, but still trying to reveal something about a relationship. Um, the times that I have attempted to write something without having that sort of emotional background, I produced stuff that I'm not as proud of or that I just don't connect with as okay. much. I think that for some people who might have either a higher sex drive or perhaps um, are, I, I don't know what labels I would use, maybe demi-romantic for me, mm-hmm. um, who aren't that way and who are more interested in, in the actual acts of sex, if that's the point, then you know that's the point that they're having. But for me, it's usually in the context of a relationship to reveal characters or plot. So I think there is a difference in terms of what is your intention? Are you telling a story or are you telling a scene? Yeah. yeah. If you're telling a scene, that might be that, you know, specific sex or um, porn. But if you're telling a story, I think that's when, become, when smut becomes more than just the actual actions of sex. Yeah, I agree. And I think um, this question kind of came to me because I'm a huge, huge fan of Sally Rooney. I don't know if you know of her. I don't. So she's an Irish writer and she's pretty popular in like Ireland and the UK. And she's kind of famous for writing sex in what a lot of people qualify as a non-sexy way. And I think this is really interesting. Her writing is very, her writing style just generally is very matter of fact and very bare. And, you know, it's not flowy. It's not, um, there's no, like, there's very little metaphors and things like that. It's very, like, bare bones and, and very quick as well. And the way she writes sex is exactly the same way as she writes everything else. So... Her sex scenes aren't necessarily sexy because when you read it, it's it's not necessarily there's not necessarily this like beautiful prose or 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 beautifulness around the act. It's very matter of fact, and and I think that's a very interesting take and something that I've definitely taken on as an inspiration when I'm writing smut is write it the same way than you would write everything else. And, and for me particularly, I find it interesting because I, um, I got a message on the Fanfic Writers Crafts Tumblr, which was basically like, I don't particularly lack, like smut, usually this person was saying, but I like sex in castles. And I think the reason for that is that I don't really write sex in like a sexy way. I'm not trying to write porn. I'm not trying to make it sound nice. I'm just trying to make it sound the way it is. And sometimes that's beautiful and that's great. And sometimes it's not necessarily. And I think 
I've definitely drawn inspiration from Sally Rooney in that way that like you can write sex without it having to be this thing that is sexy and that is like enticing to people. It can just be like everything else you write in your story, if that makes sense. Yes, absolutely. Um, I, I find that to be the most useful, especially if you're uh, veering into the area of maybe dubcon or non-con. Um, mm. You know, for some people, they like it more explicit, but usually if I'm going to tell something like that in the story, it won't be it won't be written in a very sexy way. It'll be written more in a matter-of-fact way as a plot, as something to move the plot forward or characterization forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but normally when I do write sex, either in a long fic or, you know, my one-shots, which usually try to explore the things that I use one shots and very exploratory things, not just for, sex, but for writing styles as well. Um, and there I try to have prettier prose, uh, but I do appreciate the way that you describe Rumi, uh, in the way that she's writing, because that sounds a little bit like the way that I write. I do not have very beautiful prose. I'm very matter of fact, I think. And I am, deeply envious of all of those writers who have just gorgeous prose and who can you know in these tiny stories they can pack out all these feelings um whereas mine are just straightforward these things are happening and you know we all have their different talents but anyway that's a bit of a tangent (laughs) no no but that's interesting i mean for me it's it's funny you say that because i actually aspire to not be the kind of beautiful prose writer that certain people are like I love it when I'm reading it but that's just not my jam in terms of what I want to write so I'm very matter of fact as well and and for me like Sally Rooney is like I'm an ultimate fan of her writing she writes incredibly well but also incredibly like quick bare bones kind of writing which I think can be beautiful in its way as well um it's just a different kind of take and I also wanted to talk about this because obviously I referenced this message that I got regarding castles and uh, I want to highlight the fact that not all the sex in castles is consensual and I wanted to kind of get your take on this. You've kind of touched on it a little bit on kind of the ethics of writing consent in a fic, writing it positively, writing it not positively and and the way you know you kind of navigate that because I think it's a very important topic and again not a topic that is really brought up ever in the porn industry but I think it is something that is very uh, present in fan fiction yeah so I don't like to really read much dubcon or non-con especially in explicit detail I will read it if it's necessary to the plot, or I'll write it if it's necessary to the plot. Mm-hmm. Or if it's a reflection of, um, or if it's a reflection of what the character's going through. So, uh, as an example of that, one of my time traveling stories comes to mind, where the main character is having sex for the first time as a teenager, and she's not super enthusiastic about it, but she's also not super against it which is a good question of what it felt like for me, um, where it was sort of a, well, this is what you do in a relationship mm-hmm. at this point. And that was a bit of that dub con there, but I didn't, and, it's, and especially because it was an underage character at the time, um, I did not describe that in explicit detail. 
that was very much a more of a veiled way of describing it. And dubcon, noncon, usually, especially because they can be such triggers for a lot of people, and I think rightly so, I tend not to use those explicitly. I find that the explicit content is best served in, you know, when you specifically tag something to say dead dub. And that's, you know, that that's its own category. That isn't something that I personally enjoy, but I know it can be therapeutic and cathartic for other people to write and or read. Uh, but in terms of a long fic for moving the plot forward, I tend to say keep it more veiled. Yeah. Um, because if you can get the point across without having to be explicit, you're probably okay. If you want to be explicit yeah. about it, maybe that should be reserved for a different type of story or different tags, depending on what you're doing. Yeah, I agree. I think I think there's two things on that. Uh, the first thing is, obviously, Castles has a very heavy plot of non-consensual sex. And I want to highlight that because I know I said someone like, <laughs> someone said I don't like, uh, I don't like smut generally, but I like it in castles. And I'm guessing that is not what they meant um, in terms of, because there is a lot of non-consensual s- sex in castles. And I think, I think you're very correct in the idea that if you're going to go there and if you're going to write non-consensual sex more than ever it is time to ask yourself the question is this necessary to my plot is this necessary to my character building there are scenes in castles that are explicit and that are non-consensual but I would argue that these scenes are necessary to the plot and they're only really explicit in the way that is necessary to the plot and to the character building. So they're only explicit as far as this. And I think this is something that you definitely, if you're if you're gonna be someone who will touch on this topic, it's a very important topic to talk about. And I've written like hundreds of Tumblr posts and re- and responses to reviews about why I made those decisions, why I wrote it the way I wrote it, etc. But I think this is what's necessary. It's like you have to be able to argument to yourself and to other people why you did this and why you wrote this. As long as you're able to do that, anything is fair game as far as I'm concerned. But it's just like, don't turn it into trauma porn and don't turn it into that kind of story, which is just like unnecessarily gruesome and graphic for no reason. At least that's my take on it. But, but you know, I, I, I understand as well that certain people will want to write those kinds of things to kind of explore either their own trauma or, you know, kind of write about it, read about it, etc. But I think those are to be very specifically tagged as as you've said. And I think there's another way, there's another thing that I get annoyed at, which is, you know, trigger warnings are sadly not very precise. <laughs> and I wish we had a better way to flag certain content because I know I know this for a fact because certain people have told me this directly of like oh I don't read non-con and thus I didn't read your fic for so long because you know I don't read like rape fics and I'm like no but it's not a rape fic it's like a fic about 
yes about non-con like lack of consent but it's a very complicated sort of portrayal of you know that kind of recovery and things like that and I think it's interesting I wish there were like better ways to appropriately trigger warn something as like either a rape fic which is fine but that should be trigger trigger warned as such or like something that is more about rape in a different way or things like that so I think that's kind of an imperfect system but you know that's the system that we have to deal with unfortunately right normally i i try to put those tags in and then even at the top of my chapters i try to include a little yeah. blurb that says hey x is coming up in this chapter you can and i actually when i write my stories um i since i post them on both ao3 and i still post on fanfiction.net and i had no idea what the dying site before um, this is how new I am. I didn't know it was a dying site when I started posting on it. Um, but I actually write a clean version for FFN and the, the full version on AO3. So I do have an option for readers who don't want to read anything related to that. Um, oh, wow. There was another story that I wrote that had like, it wasn't as explicit, but it had like a small scene that was kind of like dub con ish. And that, because in that story, I had like page breaks, you know, like the little period that you can put between different scenes or whatever. Mm -hmm. So because that was a feature of the story, I kind of signaled it differently so that people could skip over if they wanted so like if it was like instead of having like one period it was like two periods and that was like okay you that's the scene that you need to avoid and I would put that in the AN to like make sure people were aware um but unfortunately castles I decided to write it without the scene breaks <laughs> so I was like ugh I can't do that and it's funny you write clean for FFNet because I know this is a thing like I know apparently explicit content is not permitted on FFNet I still post explicit content on FFNet I don't know if maybe I'll get banned someday but it's a dying site anyway so I can't really you know I'm not really bothered with it to be honest but I think it's great that you kind of go through that effort as well and personally when it came to castles and when it came to like chapter eight which was kind of like the chapter that was very heavy in that I kind of I put it in the AN as well and I wrote like an entire Tumblr post explaining why I had made that choice and like where I was going with it which is basically that I wanted to portray violence against women in the way that it is often used as a weapon of war and so that was kind of the design behind it and wanting to write about that and so I needed it to be explicit and I needed it to portray that because that's kind of where the story was going so yeah it's an it's an okay thing to write about I think but it is something that we need to kind of be very sensitive about I think as a writer and I think as a reader as well you know if you see a trigger warning that you think might concern you and might be not something that you want to read I personally think it's completely fair game to not read that fic and and you know you like take care of yourselves and I think you know it's that's why we writers put in trigger warnings is for people to use them um so you know if if that's not something that you want to read like don't read it right right I mean it's real life books don't usually come with those things we are so spoiled i remember going to the bookstore recently looking for new books to read 
and I thought to myself, wow, AO3 has me so spoiled because I have an idea of what's going to be coming in here, um, themes and, and everything. Mm-hmm. So it's not to say that, you know, a fanfic writer, fanfic writers should be responsible in terms of how they tag, but fanfic readers also have to have some, bear some responsibility in terms of what they read and curating their own experience. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, that reminds me of, uh, the fact that I know I have readers who are under the age of 18, and that was something that shocked me. It shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. It really shouldn't have. But this is me, an adult, going into fan fiction, reading uh, just before 30 years old, and thinking to myself, yeah, they must be only adults. Same with Tumblr. Like, Tumblr was a site that was popular when I was in school, like in college or university, that is. And mm-hmm. so I thought, yeah, the user base is obviously my age. And that's just oh, that was so, so short-sighted of me, to then realize, oh, no, there's so many underage people. And so I, when I do edit things for fanfiction.net and have a cleaner version there versus the, I suppose, dirtier version, that actually really helps me hone down. Why did I include this scene as is? Was there a way that I could have written this that wasn't so explicit mm-hmm. that still get the point across? Or did I just write this to be explicit because I want to explore something about it here? And usually... It's that, that I want to explore something, so I put it on AO3. For FFN, mm-hmm. though, it also helps me figure out what is or is, is it necessary. Then I put a, a blurb there saying, hey, if you want the explicit stuff, just go to AO3. And, like... <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Well, you know, I, I know some people don't like to read it, and when I first started reading fan fiction, I thought to myself, who on earth wants to read smut about these fictional characters? Like, who would do that? And I thought... <laughs> hold up. And when I first read my, the first time I read a fic with explicit content with my OTT, I was like, hold up. This is most excellent. Must continue. <laughs> yeah, I think I think there's a beauty in writing sex as part of life. And that's kind of how I view it. And that's kind of how I include it in my works is both in its great aspects and it's bad aspects and everything in between sex is a part of life just like everything else and I think there's this like weird taboo and like this bad rep that fanfic can and particularly smut has where you know people are like oh it's sex and it's like you wouldn't think this about literally anything else that a writer is writing about but because it's sex and because this is taboo in our societies and specifically in certain areas of the world we like we kind of treat it as like this weird taboo when it's just a part of life and I think that's what I always try to remind myself when I'm writing smut is I write it as a part of life just like everything else just like people having a drink at the pub just like I write about conversations and love and 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 dramatic thing and and death and everything it's just a part of life and I think if if anybody like out there is thinking oh should I write smart like is this for me or whatever it's like you write about everything else so we're allowed to write about smut as well just like we are allowed to write about everything else I think right yeah and I, I think especially you know in some ways because I know that there are some underage readers there's this very strange sense of responsibility I sometimes feel when I'm writing smut I want it almost to be a teaching moment like this is what it <laughs> which sounds so strange but it was that it was that moment when I realized I had underage readers that I thought Oh, if you're reading this, I really, like, let me show you what the difference is between loving and non-loving relationships. Mm-hmm. Let me show you what is 
good versus bad. And let me show you the gritty, the funny, um, the different ways this can sort of conglomerate. And most importantly, what good, healthy stuff looks like. Because that's what I gravitate towards because that's what I need. Um, yeah. But I can see... I can see the purpose of writing it a lot of different ways, obviously. Yeah, no, I agree. And do you think there's like an art to smart, or how do you write good smart, basically? Oh, that is such a good question. Um, <laughs> so reading it first helps. Uh, I didn't write it before I read it. Um, you know, read and consider what you do or don't like. Uh, it's a bit like sex itself, honestly. Um so see what you like, write that down, see what you don't like, and either don't use it or use a character to show, hey, that doesn't sound good. Uh, so for uh, bondage might be a great example of this. If you're not sure mm-hmm. if you like bondage, you can either first read about it and see how it makes you feel. Um, you feel positively about it, maybe in a safe situation with your partner. If you have a partner, you can discuss it and maybe venture it. If you like it, cool. If you don't, fail the experiment. Um, that's, and taking those experiences, that is what makes for good, smart, or a good story. Then adding everything else, emotion, pacing, characterization. I would also like to add that spelling, punctuation, and grammar are very important. (laughs) (laughs) At least for me, uh, there's nothing, there's nothing like a libido killer, like bad grammar. Um, or if. It reminds me of that one Friends episode, I think, where Rachel is trying to write it. Uh, I think Rachel was trying to write something sexy, and he was trying to free his pen from, like, a denim prison or something like that, mm-hmm. instead of, you know, uh, a penis from his denim prison. I cannot remember for the life of me. But, you know, it's things like that where it can be funny, but it can also be a mood killer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or... Or when the sexual acts themselves are either absurdly wrong or physically impossible, which, you know, with smart, we are talking about fiction, especially smart fan fiction, talking about fictional characters. These aren't real. Sometimes these can be fantasies. Mm-hmm. But I think depending on what kind of reader you are, I'm the kind of reader that likes more realistic, um, more, a more nuanced take on, on what sex is. Um, so I know, I just saw a Reddit post about this the other day, you know, what do you like to see? And the top, co- one of the top comments was body hair. <laughs> you know, like, normalize having body hair. And I thought, yeah, that's, that's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think, I think for me, I totally agree with what you're saying about, you know, reading it first. It's exactly like that. It's, it's exactly the same thing as sex itself. Different people have different tastes. And I think this is very true with, uh, smut in fanfiction as well. I know something that turns me off so quickly is people using paraphrases to refer to refer to body parts. So like, so like, what I mean by this is there's a very there's a podcast I've talked about before, which is called My Dad Wrote a Porno, where uh, basically this 
middle-aged man um wrote a porn uh, like an erotica kind of novel and for some reason sent it to his son and it's incredibly badly written and so his son has been making fun of it on a podcast with his friends for like six years now and it's it's a great it's a great podcast if you want to know what not to do in smart i think um but in one of the there's one of the paraphrases that the father uses which is like to refer to someone's penis it's like the flesh of mankind oh my this is the kind of thing in fan fiction where people instead of saying penis say something completely like out there that has nothing to do with it I'm like just call it a penis just call it a dick like don't give me like the flesh of mankind or something like or something along those lines but I'm sure there are people out there who read fan fiction who like these things and who like it not to be as blunt and explicit as I like it to be so I think a lot of it is just reading and reading and reading seeing what you like what you think is great and what suits your personal taste and then writing that I think that's the key to writing good smart is just writing what you like and and not doing the stuff that just like gives you icks basically right yeah write what you like uh read what you like and express that um I'm honestly really glad that in some ways, that I didn't read fan fiction before I was, you know, an, an adult, because I think it would have given me, as being me being young and impressionable and having no sex ed would have given me such a terrible view, depending on what I read, of what sex was. But on the other hand, I almost wish I had, because then I would have known more. Um, and I wouldn't be figuring yeah. it out now in, in my 30s. But it'll be what it'll be, you know? <laughs> yeah. So how much detail do you think it's necessary to get into? And I think this is more, this is less of a question that we've talked about late, uh, earlier, which is like, you know, how how explicit you want to be, but more when you're actually writing the act, like when you're actually writing the, 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 the thing, how much detail do you think is necessary? How much like, how much do you write like move by move or how much do you write like kind of more blurry on certain parts or, or what do you think? Uh, it depends on what my purpose is. Um, I go to as much mm-hmm. detail as I need to. Okay. When I'm trying to go for something um, that is explicitly to be, you know, very smutty, I try to balance both physical action and emotional reaction. So for an action, yes, move by move, but intertwined with that, how are they feeling? Um, because that's, in one of my opinion, what makes good smart really good when there is emotion tied to it. So not just, you know, penis enters vagina, but wow, this feels really good and this makes me feel a certain way, or you know, from the character's perspective, or you know, what does it feel like um, emotionally to be this close to someone, or something something like that yeah no that makes sense and how do you decide on this was another Anon question that we got is like and I think it's kind of related is like how do you decide on pacing so because obviously you know you could kind of move ahead rather quickly and or or you could spend a lot of time on those scenes and you know how do you decide pacing and especially I think the scene itself versus the rest of the story how much do you how much space do you think a scene like this should take? Oh depends on your goal um one shot you know pwp 
a few paragraphs or even a couple of lines before getting to the good stuff is sufficient. You know, if you just want to go from, you know, characters meeting and then going at it, if that's your deal, go for it. Um, but I think for, mm-hmm. for the type of smut that I would like to read and write, usually I like to set the scene. About half of any one of my smutty one-shots are actually just setting it up and slowly getting to foreplay uh, because all of everything that's leading to that point is going to be foreplay. They're having dinner. They're on a mission together. They're in a tight space. Um, they're pining for each other. The pining. That's, you know, chef's kiss right there. The pining. That's the best part of it yeah. uh, for me. And, but it's also a realistic thing. Most people can't go from kissing to sex in two seconds. Bodies to be prepared for each other. Um, in, mm-hmm. I think, I think for most people, they need to be prepared for each other. And so, to show that, especially with consensual, good, healthy sex, you want to have something that shows the progression of things for for pacing. So you go from kissing to touching each other. You know, you have physical sensations in the body. You have physical changes in the body or the bodies, rather. And then you go to the next one, exploration. This is where I think both reading, writing, um, and experiencing it for yourself can be really helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think I think you're completely right. It goes back to like the discussion that we've had uh, this entire podcast, actually, which is about like, what is your goal? And I think both questions as in like pacing and as in, you know, how much detail do I go in does depend on your point. To kind of get a like to give an example of that, if you look at castles, even though a lot of people have been uh, very vocal and maybe rightly so, I don't know, in pointing out and being horrified at how quote-unquote explicit some of the sexual assault scenes are. When you look at the actual text, they're not really. There's a detail here and there and, you know, sure, they're powerful details, they're very explicit and hard details, but it's never ever a move by move retelling of the assault. It's, you're creating an impression by just adding sufficient moves and details that is necessary to get to the point. That is always my take. On the other hand, you look at like the blowjob scene between Harry and Mia in chapter nine, which comes after most of the uh, non-consensual sex, that is a very explicit scene because I'm trying to make a point about the different iterations of consent and the move by move in that particular scene is very important to show that point. So I think it depends on your point and the level of detail that you need to get across to get your point across. But that doesn't have to be necessarily move by move. And that's the same thing for sex that is very pleasurable and stuff. You don't necessarily need to get to a move my move detail to elicit the kind of pleasurable response and the kind of sort of happy response that that you might get. Sometimes, you know, having certain details about certain moves, certain feelings, certain uh, thoughts even that the characters may have may be enough to kind of convey what you're trying to convey. Yes, exactly. Even, you know, uh, I, the, I, I just thought of a different, uh, less, I suppose, dubcon or non-con scene that I wrote in a different part of a time-traveling series, and my MC was most unhappy about 
the situation that she was putting herself in. And Mm -hmm. the way that I wrote the sex in that scene or the sexual content in that scene with the emotions that were placed in there for both the pacing and setting the scene, it conveyed how unhappy she was. So it was not supposed to be a positive experience. And there was a point to that because it was a reflection of just how much it was destroying her life to have to do Mm -hmm. what she was doing. It was not just here's the content, but this is a reflection. This moment that we're getting here with this dubcon um, sexual content, this is like the uh, precipice, or I suppose the climax, of, but I'm punch, I suppose, uh, the climax of how terrible things have had to have gotten to get to this point. And yeah. It's a very sad moment, and it's supposed to be sad. It's supposed to be grim. It's supposed to make break your heart a little bit. So those things all come into play when I'm not smart. It's not just the actions, but what's going on around them. And I think that's what makes it best for me, but different strokes for different folks. Yeah, 100%. And I think, um, you know, I think we've talked a lot about, like, how important the point is and how, you know, all of that in, like, ways that are, you know, non-consent or negative experiences. But I think, as you've said before as well, it's also very important to go into detail when you want it to be a happy moment especially if you're contrasting it with unhappy moments before so you know if like in chapter i don't know three you had someone have sex with someone which was not an enjoyable experiences at all and and you went into detail because of that then in chapter 13 let's say you have another scene which is like with the person they love and it's great and they're so happy about it go into detail in that one as well because that's that's very important in terms of you know showing the contrast and I think you know in castles like that's kind of maybe that's a bit spoilery I don't know but going into the last part of the fic and you know Harry and Ginny getting together and stuff I definitely plan to have like a few explicit sex scenes on their end as well because I want to see I want to show the happy moments too I think it's very important and I think it's very important to have balance as well if that's the story that you're going to write yes absolutely again and it's part of the plot development and the characterization the characters Mm -hmm. are growing the plot is growing therefore the way that they experience sex is also going to grow and change yeah and that's again as we stated earlier a part of life and it's good to show that there's a difference between good, bad, life-affirming, you know, life-taking away. Um, Just like any other person, you know, I can, as I think about my own experiences, I can definitely have a a good idea of where I've been and where I'm going. And again, you know, thanks to Smut, I can say that in my marriage, it's better than it ever has been. And I don't think people, I don't know if people normally say that, if it gets better the longer you're married, but that's how it's been for me. So... I guess, thank you, Harry Potter, erotica. <laughs> no, no, but that's so great to hear. And I think I think that's sort of an unspoken benefit of smart as well as just like giving people or people more, not necessarily confidence, but also, you know, like just appropriation for, of their buddy and appreciation for their buddy and, and, you know, for sex in general. And I think, I think that can be very healing as well. Um, the last question that we got from an Anon... <laughs> was how and I find this one very baffling and I'll go into it in a minute but how'd you get over the cringe of writing smut hmm well I think 
if you can get over the cringe of posting fan fiction, you're probably going to get into writing smart. Um, but on the one hand, I do, I understand why you think it's baffling because, you know, you're already putting fan fiction onto the world, uh, which is its own, to some circles, cringe. Uh, but on the other hand, because it's such a vulnerable thing, and it, you might wonder, what is he saying about me as a person, even though you're behind an anonymous username? Um, I think you kind of have to treat it like any other sort of unique writing exercise. It's gonna, it might be awkward and choppy or not perfect at first, and that's okay. Just like sex in general, it's not gonna be, no one's first sexual experience is perfect. Um, and that's okay, and you keep going. If it's something that you want to do, if it feels like you're having to pull your own teeth to write something, then it probably isn't something you should be writing. But if it's something you want to write, mm-hmm. like fan fiction in general, if you can do it, you can do, you can put some into the world. Yeah, I agree. And I think, um, so the reason why I find this baffling is that I never felt the cringe of smut when I started writing it. I understand that, and I acknowledge the fact that I have said this on the podcast before, I am French. This is, this matters because I think Europeans in general and possibly French people in particular have a very different relationship to sex and sex education in, and, and sex is like a normal part of life that is discussed and very mainstream compared to other areas of the world where this might be more taboo. So I think for me personally, like the cringe I had to get over is just like the cringe of my own writing. <laughs> like, like you know, being able to post things on the internet and, and you know, getting over the cr- just cringing at my own writing, which I still do when I read like past stories. Um, but I think that's the cringe aspect for me. I never felt really the cringe of like smut in particular, but I also think this might be related to the fact that I don't really write porn. I write sex and I write sex as a part of life and I write sex as a part of a larger story. I think if I was going to write just porn without a plot, maybe I would feel more cringe, but... I'm not, I'm not really sure, but I think, you know, Lani said something that was very correct in one of our um, earlier episodes, which is that if you're going to write, you're going to cringe at some point. And if this is something that you want to pursue, you are going to somehow either make peace with that or, or find a way to write that doesn't make you cringe but you know you're gonna you're gonna have to if this is something that matters to you you're gonna have to deal with it because you know if you're going to write you're gonna cringe at some point yes absolutely sometimes you're going to write things that are really cringe inducing and i mean for me uh, sometimes i look at some of my earlier works of fic and think i should just delete this off the face of the <laughs> and i never thought nope nope someone somewhere enjoys this yeah yeah no I definitely cringe and and nothing to do with sex but I definitely cringe so much at like earlier stuff that I wrote um especially I think like everything that I wrote so I had like two fan fiction eras I had like my first well I had three I had like when I was a teenager and then I wrote again when I was like 19 to 21 
And then I wrote again when I was like 27. So there were like big gaps in between. And I think like everything that I've written since I've been like 25, 26, I'm like, yeah, I mean, not necessarily my best work all the time, but I can get by and I can see that it has good things about it. But like the stuff that I wrote before, I'm just like, oh my God, I need to like, I, I wish I could delete this, but I don't want to because I've, I've spoken about it on the podcast before, but I think it's important as a writer, at least for me to kind of show evolution in your writing and to show that like, you know, if, if someone stumbles about my writing now, I want them to know that I wasn't always at this level uh, because I want to stress the point that like writing just gets better and better and better the more you do it and I think this is also true for smut like the more smut you write the better it's going to get yes absolutely the more your experience with it and you know I I'm very lucky that I I do have some readers who will tell me what they do and don't like but I do take that seriously I'm so grateful for readers for telling me what they do and don't like but yeah it's I also think about some of the uh, younger readers that I have who are also aspiring writers. And I like to think if they can see the growth between my first story and my latest story, and they think, you know what, she did it as an adult, then maybe the younger writers will think, wow, I can do it even better, which do it. I mean, blow yeah. please. I'd love to read your stories. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. I definitely agree. Okay, well, Celeste, this was an amazing talk. Uh, I had so much fun discussing this and it's been uh, incredible talking to you about Smart. And it was it was really an episode that I wanted to do. And I'm going to say this again. Um, I've posted about it on Tumblr, but Celeste and I are only kind of talking about um, heterosexual relationships and heterosexual Smart because that is what we write. But if you do write LGBTQ+, relationships and sexual content as well I would love to have you on the podcast (laughs) if you're willing to talk to me because I think it's great to kind of foster that conversation and boost that conversation and also have like different takes so please feel free to contact us on the podcast and I would be more than happy to host again another episode on other kinds of relationships um so Celeste do you have any recommendations for us this week Yes, so there's actually on AO3, there's a guide by someone called Quinn Anderson, The Ultimate Guide to Writing Smutfic. Uh, there's, and these are all links that hopefully will be included on the Tumblr page, but there's also yeah. a smut thesaurus that I found on Tumblr for different ways you can say the same word without repeating it over and over. And then uh, there's another uh, another example, again, from Tumblr. It's an, I think it's called The Envelope Example. But it's an idea of what makes something mature versus explicit in terms of rating. Because I know sometimes that line can be blurred, uh, but it, it gives you a good idea of what makes something get that M rating versus the E rating and which one do you want to be your towards. Mm. Is that the envelope post? Yes, I believe so. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've seen that one going around. It's very good. I'm looking at the guide now and it's amazing. Like it's it's incredible. I'll, I'll definitely be looking at this. Um, I'm going to recommend, it's funny, I've been going through like recommendations that I've always like talked about, but never really recommended on the podcast. <laughs> um, so I'm going to recommend Normal People by Tassali Rooney. Uh, and both 
The book and the TV series are great. If you are not in the mood to read a book right now, you can always watch the TV series. It's very good. And they had incredible work done with an intimacy coordinator to kind of render the sex scenes of the book into like film without it like looking like cheap porn or whatever so it's incredibly well done and the book obviously is amazing it's one of my favorite books in the world so that's Normal People by Sally Rooney. Celeste thanks again so much for coming on uh this was lovely where can we find you online? Online on AO3 Celeste Magnolia on Tumblr Celeste Magnolia the writer. Uh, I'm also on Reddit, Celeste Magnolia, too. Oh, and Discord, I suppose. Uh, my Tumblr profile says I might have a Twitter, but I tried to delete it and it wouldn't work. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, we all wonder why, don't we? Um, no, that's okay, that's great. And I'll add all your links in the show notes. Uh, and I am Pebbly Sand on AO3 and Tumblr. And you can find the podcast at the fanficwriterscraft.com tumblr.com thank you so much for listening and thanks for celeste for coming on thank you bye bye